0: Hey, how you doing? This is Wade with Wade for Wireless. And welcome back for another episode of Wade for Wireless with all your wireless updates, news and information. Just sit back and relax. So today Let's talk about smart cities and specifically, will smart cities need wireless? Well, I would always say yes. I think everybody, everything, everywhere needs wireless. (laughs) I'm a wireless guy. Wade for wireless. Get it? Wadeforwireless.com. But first, I want to thank Tower Tracker Pro. Yes, Tower Tracker Pro for all your closeout package needs. They make a package specifically for closeout. And I think it's something that if you do closeout packages, if you want to be efficient, if you want to get it right the first time, you want to get it done right once, which is where the money comes in. When you got to go back, send a crew back a second or a third time, you'll get Tower Tracker Pro. It's going to save you time. It's going to save you money. And it's going to be a lot less effort. And you can have somebody look at it before they even leave it the site. And that's what you want. You want someone to look at it before the crew even leaves the site. That way it's done. Who else do I want to thank? Tower Safety and Instruction. Towersafety.com towersafety.com. Why? Because they provide all your tower safety and training needs for instruction and also for safety and for OSHA. And the one thing that sets them apart at this moment is that they have drone training for the wireless industry, for the tower industry specifically. How cool is that? Drone training. Okay. I want to uh, talk about smart cities today because that is what the buzzword is smart cities. Do smart cities need wireless? And I say yes. And I'll tell you why in a minute. However, let's be honest. Do you know what a smart city is? It's a cool buzzword. Hey, we have a smart city. Ooh, we live in a smart city, which you don't because technically there aren't really any smart cities from the true definition, but. What is a smart city? Well, a smart city has a lot of smart infrastructure, but it goes way beyond what you think. Most of the time when people think of smart cities, they think of energy, specifically renewable energy. When you go online and you look up a lot of smart cities, they talk about eh, solar. Solar is a big thing. Batteries, power, reliability. That's what a lot of people talk about. And when you see it overseas, you see a lot of solar panels. I don't see a lot of wind. I guess they don't like the uh, big old... Wind generators up there. Although I think they're cool, I guess most people don't. (laughs) I think that'd be really cool to have wind generators everywhere, especially in the cities. I don't know if you ever go to a city. Seems like it's always breezy in a city. All those buildings directing the air and everything. What's a smart city? It's a city with a lot of infrastructure that will actually improve the conditions of the city. Most of the time with energy. They make it more energy efficient. That's what a lot of people talk about. But let's face it, us. In the wireless industry, and broadband, any connectivity, any of you IT people, we want connectivity, and we want it beyond the office. We want it beyond the home. We want it everywhere in the city. That's going to be a game changer. When everyone can go wireless in the city, it's going to really make a difference. Now, don't get me wrong. We all have good coverage in the cities, right? I mean, that's a big deal to have good coverage, and we really expect the carriers to do a lot of that for us. So here's the deal. Let's talk about smart cities and what is a smart city. Let's look at energy first, renewable energy. I covered that already. How about infrastructure? This is something where almost everything's going to be connected, from the stoplights to the billboards to the lampposts to the parking meters. Everything's going to be wireless in some way now. Do you need power? We're working on better and better batteries for all these cities, so they last a long time. So you may not need as much power as you think. If you have solar, you may be able to put a local power supply nearby to supply power for something like the meters. Now, the lampposts, I don't know what we're going to do there because they do draw a lot of power. They're very bright. But what if we could make the lampposts smarter? What if they would only turn on when they knew there was traffic or when somebody walked by? Could we do that? And also, what if we make them so energy efficient that it isn't like the big Halon lights that used to take, what is it, over 400 volts AC just to run them? What if we could do something that could run off 120 volts AC, be very low power draw, like LED lights? Look at that, LED lights coming to the mainstream. What if we could put Wi-Fi hotspots in those lights? Oh, that's been done, all that's being done. Now, let's take it a step beyond that to billboards. In the city, you see a lot of billboards, a lot of signs. And while we don't want to lose the graffiti, which we hold so near and dear to our heart, what we do want to see is the electronic billboards get smarter so they wouldn't have to be running all the time. But if someone's walking down the street, bam, it could pop on. Billboard pops on, catches your eye, probably blinds you for a minute, just like the lamp would. <laughs> but anyway, you check it out to billboard. What if that billboard had Bluetooth and it could talk to your phone and your phone with the proper privacy settings would tell it what you like or don't like or where you've been? Now, the reason I bring up privacy settings, because I don't exactly want everyone to know where I've been or what I've been doing, especially a billboard that's going to pop up something that I've been near. So anyway, my point is, if the privacy settings are in such a way that you want to see Uh, an ad on a billboard in a city that's tailored specifically to you, this would be it. How cool would that be? That's something they've been working on for a while, but privacy issues are a big deal. So it's going to have to be in such a way that it will not invade your privacy. It'd be cool to see a personal advertisement just for you. Now let's talk about utilities in a smart city. Here's exactly what we'd want to see. We'd want to see all the power meters, the water meters and gas meters to be wireless in such a way. Obviously you still need power and everything, you know, it needs wires. But what I was thinking to wirelessly communicate to what that particular meter is reading at that time. And I say this for several reasons. One, the utility companies wouldn't need to send meter readers around all the time. They might do it once in a while for verification or to check up, but they could really do everything remotely, probably even from a knock center somewhere. And think how cool that would be just to automate everything. Could you imagine? They do that. It would cut down on their costs tremendously they wouldn't have to read the meters out there have send somebody out you know once a month it's a lot of meters man you've been in a city it's a lot of people in the city they could do wirelessly and they're actually doing this now in a lot of cities but we need to take it a step farther to where the, the the consumer you me anybody who uses these utilities and i use all three i use gas i use water and i use electricity it would be nice if we could see that real time wouldn't it? And wouldn't it be nice for the utilities if they could build differently for different times? Like through the day, the rates would be higher and at night, the rates would be lower. How cool would that be? Real-time billing. So if you're at work all day, you adjust the AC or the heat, whatever time of year it is, to be specific for that. So that's that's one more thing you can do to be more energy efficient. But then you can log in on your computer and you can see what your usage is for the month. You can see what your bill has accumulated to so far. That is pretty cool. So that's one more thing we could look at. Now, another thing we could look at for a smart city, and this is something they've been trying to do for years, is data collection, specifically, Where the people go, where the people are, what do people do, where they walk to, the traffic patterns, the lights. They could tailor everything based on traffic patterns, based on not only the time of day, but the time of year. For instance, my wife and I used to go to Manhattan on July 4th. And one of the reasons we went is because on July 4th, everyone leaves the city. So it's a really great time to go because a lot of businesses are open yet, but yet it's not crowded. There's not a lot of traffic. (laughs) It's really nice. And the traffic going into the city is so light because everybody's leaving the city. And then when we're leaving the city after the 4th, everybody's coming back in. So for me, being a tourist, I like going up over July 4th. Plus they have fireworks and you know, obviously it's a great place to visit. So my point is The city would know that, that people filter out, or at least that the locals filter out, and perhaps a lot of tourists come in. So that would be a good time for them to make adjustments. Well, they need law enforcement. Maybe they can be a little lighter in law enforcement. Maybe the firemen can be a little lighter on duty. They don't need as many people. Or maybe it's the other way. You know, you have a lot of fireworks and stuff. Maybe a lot of things happen. And they have a big July 4th fireworks extravaganza up there. I forget where. I think it's out there in the river. Uh, I think they have it off a barge. Maybe they need people for that. And plus, there's a lot of stupid people that hold fireworks in their hands when they explode. And I shouldn't say stupid. You know, there's short fuses. There's a lot of reasons for that. I don't want to see anybody get hurt. But if they do get hurt, it'd be nice if the city would know when that was going to happen. So they had extra ambulance crews or extra firemen or whatever, one staff. It's just one example. But my point is with big data analytics, we're going to be able to analyze so much more about what is going on in the real world. And the way we collect that data will really matter on how much infrastructure the city has, whether they collect it by video or whether they collect it by just passing tokens, number of phones, whatever. And that's something we wanted to brought up a few years ago, the number of phones. Now they can track almost everything by user smartphone. How do they do that? They can actually count the phones either with Bluetooth. They don't have to connect. They just have to sense that it's there. I know it's a long story, but this is how they were trying to manage traffic at one time. But big data analytics is going to change everything with the way cities manage the city. They're going to have real-time data, and you're going to be able to make predictions like they've never had before. Now, I'll get off that, and I'll go into transportation, which, you know, again, they could monitor that as well. But let's talk about the connected car, cars that can talk to each other. That would really help with the traffic problems. Let's talk about electric vehicles. That would really solve a lot of energy issues and a lot of pollution issues. Parking is a big one. What if you could know where to park and what the rates were before you even did park? You know, whether you want to park on the street or park in a garage. What if you knew the garages in that particular block were all full and you had to go a block over without going by each garage. How much time would that save? How convenient would that be? Plus, you can see where the most expensive garages are and where the least priced garages are or where there's outdoor parking. You might even be able to see The clearance of the garage and if if any of you guys that do uh, tower work usually want to park in an outside garage because you have these big trucks you have suvs whatever that have a lot of equipment on them you can't just park in any garage usually you want outdoor parking been there done that and once you know the place you know where to park but you also know that outdoor parking because it's so limited fills up really really quickly so i'm looking at all these advantages And what about charging stations for electric cars? How cool would that be if you could go somewhere and charge your car up while it's parked? And you would know that ahead of time. And I'm going to bring up an example. I went on vacation in Ocean City, Maryland this year. My wife and I went down there for about a week. They actually have charging stations in the city available to tourists which I thought was really cool. And I noticed they had Tesla, they had the Tesla charging stations, but they had other stations too. I'm not sure for which vehicles. I know Nissan has its own thing and a lot of them, they they don't really have a standard yet. Uh, They're going to have to do that at some point. But how cool is that? That if you're a tourist, you come into the city for a week, let's say, but you can charge your car at a public charging station. Now, I don't know what they charge or anything like that. When I say charge, I don't know what they pay to charge their car. It's something that is just one more value add to a city. The fact that the city would offer something like that is really, really cool. So that's one more thing a smart city would have. And another thing a smart city would have, which a lot of cities already have, are smart buildings. And it's more than just thermostats. You would actually be able to control everything based on the time of day, what day of the week it was, and so on, just like the city. It'd be great to have seamless wireless connectivity in the building. You'd probably get Wi-Fi. A lot of buildings provide Wi-Fi now, usually free. just saying. But also, the carriers are going to have to provide good coverage. But the one thing many of us overlook is public safety. We're going to have to have good public safety coverage in all these buildings. Unfortunately, a lot of cities don't enforce this, or they they don't force buildings to have good public safety coverage in there by either putting in DAS or a radio or something. Something to think about. Public safety is a big deal. Also, in the building, they could have full alarming capability so that the building security would not only get the alarm, But whoever's working security for the building could see on the camera in real time what's going on. Now, a lot of buildings have this. If you go to a big city, they have cameras and security almost everywhere. It's very expensive. But I think with the advances in in what they're doing, in connectivity they could probably put more cameras in, connect them wirelessly. They could also do it at a more affordable cost than they used to. Cameras have come a long way. Connectivity has come a long way, and you don't necessarily have to wire everything direct anymore. Wireless has come a long way. My last one here, wireless connectivity. Here is where the city must stand apart. And I don't mean just the carrier's connectivity. And I don't mean just Wi-Fi. They should have good Wi-Fi everywhere. most cities have Wi-Fi hotspots everywhere. It's something to think about with the connectivity. But also, what about public safety coverage? They can say they have public safety coverage everywhere, but I know in a lot of cities, there's a lot of dead zones for public safety. That is the one thing no city should compromise on. I know it costs money, but what's more important? I, let, me, let me put it to you this way. cost a lot of money, a little more money in the budget. But when you lose one firefighter, How much is his life worth or her life? How much is their life worth? When you lose a policeman because they could not contact, call for help, call for backup. When you lose a fireman because he or she is inside a building and they see problems or something that they didn't expect to see. And they're trying to warn their fellow firefighters. How much are their lives worth? I know what you're thinking. That doesn't happen every day. But it does happen. It has happened. The chances of it are 100%. It happens. Okay, so... If you notice, my two themes for a smart city are mostly about energy and connectivity. The thing about the energy thing is, most people want to be energy efficient, they don't want to pay a larger energy bill, they want to save on energy, but the reality is, it's the connectivity, the broadband, that people want. That's not only a sexy term, it's something that people use every day. Connectivity broadband is something that a majority of people rely on for their work, for their business, for their personal lives, Every day, whether you like it or not, every day, if you're listening to this, chances are you rely on wireless connectivity in some way. Most of us are addicted to our smartphones, but I work on a laptop. I work in an office. I have to upload files. I download files. I have to send email. When I'm not there, I have this smartphone, which reminds me how much I hate my job. So I have to (laughs) use it to just keep in touch because people can't live without me. You know, it's crazy. So the reason I'm bringing all this up is because even though we all want to be more energy efficient, and that's a big driver for a lot of these cities, most of the cities would care more about packing people in than they would being about energy efficient with only a few people in the city. They want to pack people in. How are you going to pack people in? You're going to offer them broadband. How are you going to offer them broadband? You're going to offer them a seamlessly connected city. Probably with Wi-Fi, the carriers have to do their part, and there's new things coming out. So just keep that in mind. And I'm going to use an example here. Remember when Google Fiber is rolling out? Like I just happened to talk to somebody who's in Nashville, and I knew they're rolling out in Nashville. Nashville fought to get Google Fiber. When Google Fiber is coming to your city, people get excited. They're looking forward to that broadband. They're looking forward to Google Fiber. You know why? Because Google Fiber is sexy, and we all want broadband. Am I right So when something like that happens, it's sexy, it's exciting, because now we're bringing broadband to cities that may already have it. They may have it with AT&T or Comcast or Time Warner, but they want Google Fiber. Why? Because it's Google. (laughs) Even though Google watches everything we do in a frightening way, they really... Capture, everything we do, we still love Google, but let's face it, we all want broadband and Google Fiber is a game changer. The cable companies know this, at and knows this, and they all fight Google any chance they get. It's just the way it is. All right, so I have three examples here of how smart cities could look at smaller models. Some are really small and some aren't so small. So just bear with me. The first one is Starbucks. So what does your home and Starbucks have in common other than maybe the coffee? They have Wi-Fi access to the internet. It's usually just part of going into a Starbucks, you have Wi-Fi access. It's normally free. Whereas at your home, you think it's free, but the reality is you paid for the router and you're paying for whatever backhaul you have. Usually, in my case, it's a cable modem. Starbucks knows that people like to come in and work there. They want to sell more coffee. They want to sell more croissants. They want to sell more tea. I drink tea, I don't drink coffee. That's what they want. So, how are they going to do this? They want to drink that, they want to sell that iced coffee. They want people to come in and buy more and more and more. They offer Wi Fi for all those people that want to work somewhere like Starbucks or that happen to be passing by and they have to check their work email. They walk in, they buy a coffee, they sit, they work. Now, don't get me wrong, a lot of people just come in Starbucks for the coffee and leave. How cool is it that they have Wi Fi? And this is probably why Starbucks can charge well over $5 for a cup of coffee here in the US. And people do it. They don't even question it. They just go in, they get what they want, they leave, but they know if they stay there, they have Wi-Fi access. The other thing they do while they're waiting on their coffee, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, most people whip out the smartphone, catch up on their email, because they know they have the the Wi-Fi hotspot at Starbucks, and they always connect to it. In fact, I'd be willing to bet it auto-connects. And it's a trifecta of the mobile worker's paradise, because you have great drinks, you have great service, and you have free Wi-Fi. And like I said, the croissants are good too. Just saying that's what I like. Now, My second example, the stadiums. What do I mean by stadiums here? I'm going to just use an example here in the USA, the NFL stadiums, the National Football League, which is American football, for those of you listening to overseas. And the reason I bring this up, if you guys ever go to an NFL game here in the US, tickets are really, really expensive. (laughs) I'm talking 40 bucks is a cheap ticket, okay, $40 US. I, and people pay thousands for these season tickets for great seats. You know, I'm talking forty bucks for nosebleed, and that's if you're lucky. And who knows what team that is? And it depends how good they are or how bad they are. But when you look at game day, you have over fifty thousand people to stadium. If you're looking at college football, American college football, you could be talking over 100,000 at a hundred thousand people to stadium, like at, at Penn State, like at Michigan, at those types of stadiums where they house over a hundred thousand. People on one day for a three-hour game—it's a big deal. So, what does the NFL do? I'm going to look at the NFL because colleges vary so greatly. But the NFL—they're trying to set a standard for wireless connectivity. It's huge. Usually, you hear about this at Super Bowl time when the carriers go in and put these amazing small cells and DAS systems in and everything like that. But also the Wi-Fi work that goes into this, they have a ton of Wi-Fi people, they're trying to connect 100 people in Wi-Fi, and I'd be willing to bet that overloads the hotspot, i bet it has to get down to say 30 or 40 people. And I don't say that because Wi-Fi can't handle 100 people. I say that because the people are so data intensive. Now, they need their data, they need to. They need to tweet that picture they see, or they need to Snapchat, or they need to do uh, post it on Facebook in real time. But there's more than that. You know what the NFL has done that is really cool? The NFL know they have to enhance the game experience. They have to have the value add that is beyond all other values. So what do they do? They got brilliant, and they have apps in these stadiums that are just for use in the stadium on the Wi-Fi network. You can see instant replay, you can see what's up on the big screen, you can see parts of the game, you can see the interview, the booths, the media, the press, the players, all that cool stuff. And you know why? Because the NFL knows that they have to be high tech, and they also know that that's their target demographic. How does that compare to a smart city? Compares a lot. To me, this really compares a lot. I'll tell you why. Why? The stadium has over 50,000 people, let's say 60,000, 70,000 people in a three hour span. A city for an eight hour span roughly has hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people in that city. And if you're talking a large city, tens of millions, close to 100 million, maybe over a billion people in that city, they're going to need connectivity. And the other thing you're going to want to do if you're a big city, you want to draw people into the city. This is more noticeable with small cities. Small cities have trouble people draw, have, let me rephrase that, small cities have trouble drawing people into the city because most people live in the suburbs, the suburbs grow, they get their restaurants, everyone goes to an Applebee's out in the suburbs, they're all happy. But the reality is the city needs to draw people in and they're they're, they're probably not gonna do it with an Applebee's. Am I right? They're probably gonna do it with the local business, local stores, local everything, you know, local restaurants, that's what they want to do. They want to be a game changer. How are they going to do that? They're going to bring people in, they're going to make sure they have seamless coverage, you're going to make sure it's safe, they're going to make sure you have Wi Fi everywhere. Because the the cities need to have value add services, whether they like it or not, they need to have value add services. If I'm a tourist in the city, I'm going to use an example here. So if I go in the city, and this, this is a bit crazy. But let's say I like seafood, right? And I, I, this happens when I travel and I do like seafood, but let's say I go to a city where everybody likes steak, you know where they're going to take me. They're going to take me to all the steak houses. I'm going to have to get in the internet, look for seafood. I don't know if they're good or not. I'll have to look on Yelp or something to see what the complaints are, but that's the key. And that's what I'm trying to tell everybody is that With these apps, a city could have an app that they could advertise in the airport, on billboards, whatever, coming in. And if I knew there was an app for that city, I could download it and I could say, I like seafood. And they say, well, these are the places in the city limits. And they could really push it. They could say, go here, go here, go here. And it would make me try new places because they would have another value add service. And that's what the NFL has done. The NFL is brilliant. They have lessons that every city could learn. If you want links in there, they, they've done a lot for recycling, like the Philadelphia Eagles at Lincoln Financial Field. They've done a ton with their Go Green effort. If you're looking at uh, uh, credit card apps and what they've done for point of sale, I have a link in there for 10 things you don't know about NFL stadium connectivity. Techni- uh, connectivity. The other thing is Patriot Stadium. The New England Patriots, they know that high tech's the answer. They've gone to great lengths to not only install as much Wi-Fi and as as much broadband as they could, but now they keep adding apps. They keep enhancing the experience. So when you go to one of their games, it's exciting. It has a lot going on. You can use your phone in more ways than just to pop your pictures on Facebook. You enjoy the experience. And those are just two examples. I'm sure there's a ton more, but those were the easiest ones to find. Now. My third examples, the office. Any office you work in, times they are a changing. Like, for instance, when we go to an office now, we don't necessarily just go in, work at one space, work in an office, work in a cubicle. You may or may not do that, but most of the time it could be flex space. You could be going to a different office. You rely on your Wi-Fi in the office. And what phone do you use in the office? You may have a landline, but the reality is in most cases, I would be willing to bet that you are going to use your smartphone. You're going to really, really use that smartphone. It's it's going to be one of those things that you are going to look at, at, at the smartphone as your main connection to the outside world. I know I do. Don't get me wrong. When I go to an office, I'll use a landline if it's available. But the reality is when people call me, they don't call a landline. They call my cell phone. Uh, and the other thing is, even if you have a landline, you probably forward it to your cell phone at some point in the day. Am I right? I mean, just tell me. It's just something that we have with us all the time. And if you want to stay connected at the office, that's what you're going to do. You're going to want to have wireless coverage in the office for your smartphone. And it's not just critical for business. If you have to call 911, if you have an issue where there is an emergency, you're going to want connectivity. And you know what? A lot of building owners and a lot of business owners overlook that. They don't care. They say you shouldn't be using your cell phone at work. When they say that, just say, hey, the 1920s is calling. They want you back there as a supervisor. The point is, the more you use your cell phone, the more connected you are, the more productive you are at business. And also, if there is an emergency where something happens and you wind up hiding in a closet where no one thought coverage mattered and you're trying to dial 911 and you have no coverage, which has happened, watch the news, that's gonna be a game changer. And that's what smart cities have to look at too. They have to provide seamless coverage for public safety, everywhere. They have to provide the best coverage they can get, even if the carriers don't want to, they have to provide the best coverage that they can possibly provide for this particular application. It really matters. They need safety. We all need safety. Safety matters. Wadeforwireless.com, W-A-D-E, the number four, wireless.com. That's where you can find this article. And I have resources in there if you're interested. I have a couple YouTube videos you can link to. I have have different, just different links you can look at. So, you know, I'm not just making all this stuff up. And I have a few more things. Um, I have my book, The Wireless Deployment Handbook which is available. So if you just search Wireless Deployment Handbook, Small Cell C-RAN and DAS, you'll find it on Google. I have it on Amazon. I have the PDFs available. It's also in my blog. You will see it's available. I would appreciate if you'd subscribe to this and leave a review. That would be great. Leave a review on iTunes. Subscribe on Stitcher, Overcast, or iTunes. That would be great. Finally, there's two other foundations that I am very fond of. So if you're going to give to a charity this year, give to one of these two. There's Hubble Foundation, H U B B A. L E foundation.org hubble foundation.org. And there's also the tower family foundation tower foundation.org. These two foundations are set up to take care of the families of wireless workers, specifically tower climbers that get hurt or die at their job. Well, you probably think this isn't much of a thing in what you do for a tower climber. Every time they go up a tower, it's a risk. They could die and they do. We lost several this year in 2016. It's very sad. I won't harp on it. But these are two charities that when something bad happens to these families, which they don't make a lot of money anyway, the carriers make sure of that. When something bad happens, these two charities do what they can to help the families out in their time of need, to help them out with money, with medical bills, with holidays, with just food. Because chances are a breadwinner is gone. HubbleFoundation.org, TowerFamilyFoundation.org. If you're going to give to a charity and you're in the wireless industry... These are the two you should think about if you want to help your own industry. Again, my products, Wireless Deployment Handbook. I also have the Scope of Work Training. I also have Tower Climbing Book, WadeForWireless.com. And remember, be smart, be safe, and pay attention. See ya!